Hello, this is Bill Curley. And Holly Hudley. And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of St. Paul's United Methodist Church and Ordinary Life. Hi. Hi. So I just said to you that I have um, a topic I want to get your your thoughts on. No, that's not what you said. <laughs> you, said <laughs> you said, I have a topic. And I said, great. I don't yeah. have to do anything. No, I didn't say that. I just, you, just thought it. you want to get my thoughts on your topic. Yeah. And I'm so I'm going to surprise you a little bit. And you, I, have I love a, surprises. You can confirm that I have not yet disclosed what this topic is. <laughs> you have not disclosed what this topic is. Um, and it's, don't worry. No, I'm just going to say, I, and we talked, you, you mentioned this a little bit, maybe a week or so ago. And I'm wondering if we can talk about sort of maybe the difference between and the overlap with a transcendent versus, I don't like the word versus, but I'm going to put it in there, an embodied spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy for me to um, get off on a bit of a tear about a transcendent spirituality, because I think it relates to fundamentalism and the idea of being saved, an evacuation plan, you know, being saved from this earth. And yet there are elements of transcendence that are swimming with a whale shark, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I was in my body while I was doing that. So I, I'd love to mm-hmm. talk about that gray space between the two, as well as mm-hmm. kind of how you see each of those. Oh, well, for me, this is just such a wonderful topic because, um, as you know, one of my lifelong uh, at least in my conscious life, is, is when I started out as a path of doing teaching um, back in the 60s, was I wanted to make available to people who had either given up on or been damaged by organized religion an understanding of religion and spirituality, which I think are really different things in a way that made sense and was life enhancing and one of the first things that I wanted to do was to redefine the word transcendent Mm. the word trans doesn't mean up it means across Mm -hmm. and so um, Carl you I wish I could quote this Uh, and I'm so grateful for you to bring it up because I want to, I will use it Sunday. Carl Jung's definition of God was that which cuts across his life in such a disturbing way that he has to pay attention. And now that's mm. not a quote, but that's kind of what he meant. So I think that what I heard you saying when you talked about swimming with the whale sharks. Mm was that you were in a state of wonder. Mm-hmm. That transcendence. Yes. And I was very much in my body and an experience. Absolutely. You know, so one of, one yeah. of the, one of the 
the paths of transformation is w- w- uh, an embodied wonderment, and that is transcendence. Mm. Mm. So, what's the next topic? <laughs> oh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I that one. right. I, I think well, I I'm going to maybe misquote you, but I think I remember you saying something like, "I realize I have." I don't think you used the word neglected, so please help me. That I have, um, so I'm just going to use neglected because I can't remember the body uh-huh. uh, aspect of a spiritual path. I don't know if that's exactly well, how you said it. Do you remember? No, okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I did. I did, I did do that. A, a very dear friend of mine, when I started teaching mind and spirit class, said, "You got it wrong." The title should be Mind, Body, and Spirit. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Sevens have a great deal of difficulty with feeling and body. And so um, I took him seriously at the head level, but not at the embodied level. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that um, one of the first paths that we, not the only and maybe we shouldn't rank them. Maybe it's more like the eightfold path in Buddhism that you can step into this at any point along the way. It's more like mm-hmm. a circle. Mm-hmm. But with we are bodies. Yeah. We don't have bodies. Yeah. We we are bodies, and I'm living in a body that's 85 years old, <laughs> and that body has some degenerative degenerative issues. Not morally, I hope, but physically. <laughs> Talk about that later. <laughs> Talk about that later. Uh, that that my, my body's doing what my body's doing. And mm-hmm. for me to deny this and, and or not pay attention to it is is nuts. Mm-hmm. And so in embodied spirituality, particularly at the point of uh, aging, growing old and dying, is part of the spiritual path. Yeah. Noticing the limitations and the awakenings of the body as you age. In yeah. particular, age will, I imagine, bring you to your knees um, in that way that your body can't do what it could even 10 years ago or does it differently than what it could do 10 years ago. I, I mean, at 46, I experienced some of that. I can't I can't get into a sprint anymore. It's just, I just can't, I, so, you know. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the the woman to whom I am married mm-hmm. uh, has had a, a fearless relationship to nature for as long as I've known her. Mm. She would run up to the edge of a cliff in the Grand Canyon and sit on it and look over and not be terrified. She's rafted the Grand Canyon three times. She used to be a, uh, a runner and run mm-hmm. ran 10 Ks and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. She had surgery Monday and um, she is now temporarily walking with a cane. Um, that's a realistic it, it, it part of what it means to grow old, get sick and die. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we deny that or fight against it. Um, I think that we should do everything in our power to stay as healthy, agile, physically, you know, all that is possible. And the fact is that we're going to grow old, get sick and die. Yeah. Like everything else. Like everything else. Yeah. But I I do confess to neglecting 
paying attention to the body as a spiritual tool. Mm. It's it's interesting because I, I don't think, you know, Descartes' famous experiment of the floating man and how he came to assert that um, indeed the mind or soul is separate from the body. And it was this invented experiment about if we could imagine a floating man that needed nothing to anchor him to the earth, he could still have mental capacities. He could still have soul capacity. So we don't need the body was kind of that Cartesian dualism, right? You know, and and I think of Jesus as an incredibly embodied spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. And yet we have done our damnedest to make Jesus a transcendent spiritual teacher. Jesus is like an elevator to heaven, right? That if you follow me, I will get life eternal. And that neglect of the here now, that neglect of the earth, that, that neglect of one another, of bodies that we cherish another body that is different and no less transcendent than us has been neglected. Well, the two images that came immediately to my mind was this great spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I was thinking this morning that I wanted to talk to you about when we resume our co-teaching about, we just so, so many rich resources to draw from. One of them is Edinger's um, Jesus as, a, as an archetype. Mm-hmm. Right. And is it the Jesus story is a transformative path. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, is, as presented to us through the data that we had, is a guy who spit on the earth, who made mud out of spittle and rubbed it on somebody's eyes. That's <laughs> embodied spirituality. Yeah. And he said, according to the tradition, you know, we don't really know what Jesus said, but I do. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's been wonderful to make the effort to try to find yeah. out. But he said, "There's one story that pe- that people remember forever. This woman who washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. That's mm-hmm. embodied." Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I I think that is a piece of Christianity that we've missed is this embodied absolutely and and, you know some say point back to augustine and saying oh the body is sinful and really i think augustine couldn't deal with his own lust for his mother and so like (laughs) this whole i mean you know and and even descartes whom you were just quoting said i think therefore i I am yeah yeah Yeah. and uh, i poop and i pee therefore i'm human yeah that's right <laughs> and i cry and i laugh and i cry and, and i yeah. hurt and... and i hurt yeah and you know i've got someone really dear to me going through tremendous pain right now and part of her wish is to escape that pain mm-hmm. and in um and in those words to be with jesus and i wonder if that entire statement isn't missing the point about what Jesus wants for us, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to be in the body, to be on earth, to be mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. And in that we find transcendence. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I wish that it were possible for us, and I'm not sure it is, because it's been so corrupted, abused, and misused over a period of time. But I wish that we could get in the position of um, the both the Buddhists and the Hindus who um, find a spiritual path, not all of them, but, but the ones that I know and have benefited from by having a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, they they have a teacher that they have a personal relationship with. They rely on that teacher. They trust that teacher. And even when that teacher is not in their physical presence or has died, that teacher remains a vital active presence in their lives. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Why? Well, you are that. Oh, okay. And and so I already know 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when you are not on this earth, I'm going to be having conversations with you. I will be with you. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And, yeah. and so in that in that sense that we mean it metaphysically yeah. and not literally. Yes. So um, in that sense, I think that we can talk about Jesus in that way, but it's very risky. Yes. Because... The fundamentalists have co-opted Jesus in such a way as to um, Americanize Jesus instead of allowing Jesus to be a Jewish mystic. Yeah. And so that it's it's risky at that point. But um, you know the what would Jesus do? You know, um, Sherry came up with a line uh, many years ago when that was very popular, saying. What would a grown-up do? Yeah, right? Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that take on it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, we, so here, here's a question back at you. Mm-hmm. That in, let's suppose that in the first teaching that we do together, we say this topic and we talk about embodied spirituality. Mm, what yeah. do you want to say and accomplish or offer people as a way of, thinking about how they can get in touch with their bodies, use their bodies, be aware of their bodies, whatever, mm-hmm. as a spiritual tool. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the very quick answer is I want to conclude with having an embodied experience is transcendent. That's the conclusion. But, <laughs> but to so get will, there, will, will, you, yeah, will yeah. you make us get up and dance? Yes, that's the plan. <laughs> You know, I I was um, part of a class with uh, Brian Swim in which he made us get up uh, as a group. And there were probably 15 or 20 of us. And we kind of each had our hands on someone else's shoulder. And he made us sort of do this cosmic tilting. He was like, let's move our bodies in the way that the earth moves around the sun so that we can feel our bodies be part of that. And he took us through this kind of like um, this embodied way of like, and then it might dip because a wave occurs, right? The ellipse is not perfect and the planet wobbles as it turns out. But he, it was a really profound experience of kind of going, even when we're not in recognition of it, our bodies are moving with the earth's rhythms. Our bodies are moving as it moves around the sun. Our bodies are shifting as the tides shift. 
but we're so disconnected from our relationship to that physicality, the earthiness mm-hmm. of our being, that it's almost manufactured at this point. We manufactured that in that class, still had a profound experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe I will make everyone get up and touch each other's shoulders and move around with the rhythms of the earth. You know, they'd walk out and be like, she's crazy, but you know, maybe I am. <laughs> um, I just had a thought that, that, yeah. that the instruction to do that will be perceived and received differently if you do it than if I do it. Heck yeah. So we'll say that about that. A whole, that says a whole <laughs> lot about a whole lot of things. Yes. That is a whole other topic to get into. But, yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I know that when I went to my first experience at some national religious gathering and they opened by having uh, dancers come down the aisles of this big thing that it was uncomfortable for me Mm. because it was something I was so unused to you know I I go to ballet I'm Mm. used to dancing in Mm. various kinds of context but to see it brought into the religious arena was something that my quote sensibilities were not attuned to Mm -hmm. and I think that's true for I mean you said last week in our podcast that the disembodiment of of um how, how, how did you put it that, that experiencing being shut off from the body is largely something that is to be put at the foot of white western christianity yeah i i still believe that i think that that gave permission for an entire religion to become misogynist um mm-hmm. racist um uphold the patriarchy and yep. I, I I think there's a lot that Christianity, Western Christianity in particular, has to unpack around what we've done to be complicit with destroying the relationship with the embodied presence, with the earth, with mm-hmm. one another, you know. Um, mm-hmm. For sure, if we get overly focused on the body, we become hedonist, right? We become... What are you called on the Enneagram? A glutton? Yeah. That's what a, that's what a five is on the Enneagram. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought um, it was a seven. Yeah. No, a seven's a uh, uh, connoisseur, right? Like a, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so w- would you say that it's a step in the right direction to have embodied spirituality to pay attention to breathing? Yes. Yes. And I, I think it's a step over the right direction to try and stay, let's say, you know, there's a lot of attention given right now to uh, becoming, uh, having a trance-like state through the use of psychedelics, through the use of ayahuasca, through the use of intense prayer and meditation. That is an escape from the body or can be. That mm-hmm. can just as easily become a spiritual bypass. Mm-hmm. Um And then there's this liminal space where having an experience like that might open you up to a whole new level of physicality, 
a whole new level of, you know, I've heard people talk about being able to see in fractals um, with the use of hallucinogens and that that connects you to the physicality of the earth in a whole different way. I've never done it. I can't speak to it, but I've heard it can be powerful and connects you in a whole different way. And if misused, like anything can become a bypass Mm -hmm. to want to stay in that trance like state versus like deal with what is. I get the same effect by looking through my kaleidoscopes. Yeah. Right. No, Mm -hmm. seriously. I mean, just even that. I'm serious. Yeah. 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 It is transporting and transformational for me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So much more to say. You have a body. I I am a body. You am a body. (laughs) I am also a body. (laughs) Yeah. And I would go in the other direction, too, to say that it's a mistake to say I have a soul. Mm -hmm. I am a soul. I am a soul. Mm -hmm. And both of those are true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm paths of uh, things that things that you can travel that lead to transformation certainly the body is one that is probably the most neglected yeah yeah but we've corrected that today in this podcast (laughs) we've healed the world (laughs) it never has to be addressed again okay we are done see you next week (laughs) no we're not done (laughs) just beginning We will see you next week. All righty. I hope you have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.